0: Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And the show starts now. Episode is brought to you by W Energy. Tired, craving an energy drink, but you don't want to feel shitty and jittery afterwards? Well, try W. W Energy has this Neural Factor. It's a patented all natural coffee cherry extract to help fuel you. Yeah, this ingredient is what gives W its laser focused and fast reflex effects, making it perfect for gamers. So, whether it's just had a long night, you know, just need some energy to go to work. Maybe a pre-workout or you want to get some gaming done, Dubby is for you. I highly recommend this. And they got some amazing flavors as well. Uh, very creative, too, such as Dragonade, right? Dragonberry and Lemonade, um, Galaxy Grenade, Beach and Peach. Yes, delicious. It's basically Kool-Aid that gets you pumped. So what the hell are you waiting for? Check them out at Dubby.gg. That's D-U-B-B-Y.gg. Yeah, and guess what? And for 10% off, at checkout, enter this coupon code, right? I got you. It's Screaming Chewy SH, all right? All together, caps. Screaming Chewy SH. And yeah, you got 10% off. Dolby, check them out. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Chewy Show. And I'd like to welcome a uh, special guest, Robert New. How you doing, Robert?
1: I'm good. Thank you,
0: Chewy. And, uh, man, um, I'm impressed by uh, everything you do, man. Uh, you're <laughs> a busy guy.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Um,
0: I love that you studied, uh, you know, sociology, psychology, biology, and, uh but what really got my attention is that you work with stem specialists and um yes you help people with learning disabilities and stuff like that and I love that
1: yeah so I I've had um a really varied teaching career because I, I my day job is is as a teacher and yeah so I started um, start my first school was low SES state school um went up moving to Perth but then. When I was in Perth, I worked with kids who dropped out of mainstream school and ran literacy and numeracy program with them. Um, so it was dealing with kids who faced multiple barriers to engaging in education and training and had the most terrific sort of histories, but uh, it was the most rewarding job I'll ever have because we made such a difference and it was so awesome. Uh, but yeah, and then um, sort of have gone full circle, worked in uh, private schools, worked in which in Australia is, is like the, the ones that have their own funding. that don't uh, so much they get you know, high fees and that sort of thing. Uh, and, yeah, so have worked all over the place. Um, worked, spent the last yeah, six months or so um, working as a STEM specialist in a, in a primary school, working with kids with special needs. Uh, so, yeah, that's been really awesome. But now I'm actually teaching at university. So it's I've really got, got all over the place. But yes, no, i uh, I'm teaching it yeah, teaching pre-service teachers. So in the in the Bachelor of Education course.
0: Kicking ass. And <laughs> can you explain a little bit of that the STEM work data, you know, just for the people that don't know?
1: Yeah, so STEM, uh yeah, science, uh, tech technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh so it's basically science based education uh, trying to specifically in Australia there's a big push to try and get more people interested in in those industries uh, through education and so yeah when I was doing the the STEM specialist sort of role it was particularly at that school I was at where there were kids with special needs uh, they really didn't get weren't getting much exposure to the sciences just um, because of the uh, nature of the the sort of staffing there they just didn't have people with the the background in there um so yeah I, I went in and was able to yeah engage some fairly difficult to engage learners but just in some basic sort of sciences do some pretty cool chemical reactions with them or do some really cool physics little you know things get with with them and get, get them interested yeah that's something yeah, it's actually also I'm also uh, like super secret project but writing a a children's book with with based around a stem activity at the moment to try and um get that and will be pitched at young female readers uh to hopefully also yeah try and boost engagement
0: around that that's amazing i love that and yeah you're (laughs) you're also an author writer
1: and um yes
0: you've been busy with that as well huh Yes, yeah, so
1: I I, uh, I write fiction uh, as as a hobby. Uh, we, well, I mean it's quite a serious hobby. So I've I'm about to publish my tenth book. Um, so I've done oh. three three children's books, um, which were written with my own children. So yeah, one with I wrote with my son, and two with my my daughter. Uh, then I've also written four short story collections uh, and three novels. So
0: yeah, and uh, also uh, your education on psychology and sociology—some yep. of that inspired some of
1: your your books as well, right? Absolutely. So what I tend to do, like i have always reading. I can't. I struggle to switch off. So as you might gather from <laughs> from all the things that I've sort of done, uh, but yeah. So the I when I come across an idea or a study which uh, has kind of an unusual quirky nature to it i tend to put it in a story so you know it might be oh there's a disease that you can get or a condition you can get which literally turns your skin blue uh and that's kind of like bizarre so then i use that in a uh in a story i write a story about people dying and and turning blue as they die and that sort of became i wrote that and then i wrote another story around um what was what's another good one? So, around paraquat poisoning. Paraquat's a green liquid, and so it was. It sort of yeah. These stories sort of wound up having like these little color themes, and so then I wound up sort of going, oh well, what other little things could I include that around color? And wound up writing a short story collection called colors of death um which is a detective fiction uh anthology so it's short stories uh but where there's sort of a usually a quirky science kind of thing in each story and then um but color themed so each story is sort of the the color of how someone's died is actually associated with the story and the, the method so there's yeah and then uh, that was did well enough I, I wrote a sequel collection another nine short stories in uh, colors of death 2 and i'm about a third of the way writing through a third collection <laughs> in that that series because yeah, yeah i keep coming across these little ideas and kind of going "Ooh, like oh yeah there is that thing where people turn orange as they die or well, not necessarily sure. as they die but they just turn orange you know from a condition as opposed to you know turning blue or turning yellow or, uh mm-hmm. and then there's uh Yeah, I mean, uh, that whole idea kind of started back in the day when I was teaching, I had to teach geography for a while and we did a unit around diseases. And I kept sort of thinking, you know, it'd be really cool to do a thing around the colour of disease because there's so many little, you know, quirky things that can change skin colour or change whatever, you know. most The one people are probably most familiar with is um, when you get hepatitis, you know, you turn yellow. Uh, And so, like, that's kind of a thing and I but then I started, you yeah, know, or the black plague, where you sort of turn black from all the the bruising and stuff, you know, black death. Uh, and so I started sort of thinking around that, and yeah, there's all these colors that would be really cool to figure out that, and that sort of eventually led to, well, what about what if instead of it was just colors of disease, it was colors of that caused people to die? And
0: became the <laughs> You know, I love that because it's a very like. A scary thought, you know, because when you know, like, li- like for your, for example, how you're saying hepatitis C or like liver failure, yeah. you start turning yellow, and like yeah. that scares you, you know. And you're like, "There's something <laughs> seriously wrong. Like I'm dying." So, yeah, you, like you say you're turning blue or black. Like that's horrifying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, so I just use that. Like as I say, I just like sort of quirky sciencey kind of things and. um yeah. So I just whenever I come across something that I think's particularly captures my attention, I, I wind up sort of incorporating it into a story somehow. You know, even if it's something as simple as looking at like the world's blackest material, uh, and that's sort of stuff. And yeah, so and the really cool story around like Banta Black and then someone trying to own a colour um and that sort of thing. And then another artist sort of going, well. Just out of spite, I'm going to create a blacker black and then sell it to the world. Uh, but then, you know, just that concept of the world's blackest black material, like I, that, just made my brain sort of go like, "Ooh, that's interesting."
0: And how do yeah. I use
1: that? Yeah,
0: that is crazy. Um, how scientists did that, like, yeah, it literally looks like a black hole. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <Bloods. laughs>
1: So, yeah, so I wrote a whole a story sort of around that where, you know, there's a club for billionaires because <laughs> uh, I had a weird thing like the Billionaires Club. Like, That would be a really cool idea. Uh, but it's decked out. Everything's the blackest black and except there's these contrasts where it's the whitest white. Um, but then something goes missing in there or gets stolen and it becomes like a locked room mystery. But when everything's sort of like, super black anything that's not of that material should stand out but then there's they can't find what's lost and so it becomes this sort of locked room mystery and there's really only so many people who could could have done it and this keeps you thinking right yeah it keeps you thinking and and the um I, I think that was one of the stories where in particular where I really used the color theme well um so that that's one of my my favorite favorites
0: love that and man where do you find all this time you also um <laughs> you talk karate right you had your own
1: dojo yeah yeah i did yeah so i've studied martial arts for about 20 years all up um but the first 17 were with uh, a club in melbourne i um i wound up waiting meeting my wife through karate which wow yeah you know, so, so yeah we tell the story that yeah we yeah that's sort of how how we met and uh yeah, so I reached the rank of third dan uh, earned the title sensei. And then when we moved to Perth, because my wife's a mining engineer, um, so we moved over to Perth during the mining boom. And yeah, I opened my own dojo. Had my own sort of dojo there with five six students for a few years. Um, and then yeah, when it, at that time we sort of then also had my 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 son who was my first born kid. So. Uh, Moved back to, to Melbourne because that's where all the family is. Uh, and But wound up at that point, I I just, I was, all these other lofty goals, you know, things that I like to do. So wound up sort of having to, not running out of time to give it the dedication it deserved. So I stopped training for a bit. Got back into it a few years ago. Um, and particularly it's because my daughter wanted to train. So we, we did a few sessions and then COVID hit and, that sort of stopped it again but one day since then I've started a PhD so uh <laughs> that also then means I just don't have time to train now but I'm hoping post PhD that I will get back into it because I, I recently just posted a, a nostalgia pic of me almost doing the splits uh like from when I was young and fit and able to like really into the martial arts and it, it it sort of really got me going, I got to get back into it at some point yeah
0: yes And you know, um, I know somebody here that that owns a martial arts class, and COVID affected them big time. You know, government's like, "Oh, you got to close down." You know, yeah, whose business? What are you gonna do? Right, you got to pay rent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's um, you know, COVID and MMA are just killing martial arts clubs uh, because everybody's going into sort of the mixed martial arts kind of thing and sort of the the purists, you know, who teach a style. Or, um, yeah, they're finding it really hard now.
0: Yeah, and that MMA, like, what do you think about that? Because I, I think martial arts is more like, I want to say discipline.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like the, I can understand why people want to do it. Like they want to test themselves. They want to test themselves in a, a real arena and a real fight. Um, but martial arts, yeah, you know, is one of the dogmatic rules is that there's no first strike in karate like you you shouldn't be initiating things you shouldn't be seeking out that kind of stuff uh the dojo I used to train in we had a rule you know the rule was don't be there don't get into the situation where you might need to use any of these skills that you are developing um and so that that sort of I get into it because I overthink things I really like the history of it I like the 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 discipline i like the um uh, sort of the moral side of it i can't think of the right word down mm-hmm. but the, that yeah. kind of you know where it's that more sort of a, a- aesthetic um yeah side of it is appeals. it's like a lifestyle basically yeah yeah yeah
0: and um yeah i love that it's, uh more like zen you know just stay calm yes yeah the
1: the, the budo the way of the warrior that sort of stuff is uh, yeah. Yeah. like
0: you're a badass <laughs> but you don't have to like show off or like yeah tell everybody right you just keep it to yourself and when the time comes <laughs> that's when you yeah. show you know
1: <laughs> yeah well that's where like again because i've studied that stuff so extensively my most recent novel uh which is called sovereign assassin uh is has a main character who she's she becomes queen and as queen she has sovereign immunity which means she can't be charged with any crime uh and so she winds up assassinating someone who's responsible for her parents death and then um assassinating someone else but gets caught and then someone comes to her with a a plan because she now has been exposed for having done this but she can't be charged let's make a reality TV show around as she prepares for her next kill oh. um it's so sort of deeply sarcastic like it's it's sarcastic but I mean it was sort of inspired by you know certain politicians saying that they could stand in Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and not lose any votes um but the uh <laughs> it was it was like well how far can we really take this so I kind of set it in a European country, fictional European country and then have this um, young martial artist uh, protagonist who uh, yeah and just to see how far it could sort of go and what sort of arguments you might use to sort of justify it but it is satirical uh, but it is and it is dark but um, it's yeah basically a thriller with quite a deep stream of philosophy running through it too The Universe of Every Religion and None Written by Roderick Edwards Narrated by John Ashton Nickerson
0: Roderick Edwards is the author of books as varied as a fictional account of a person living in a deserted world to an autobiography about his adoption
1: and reunion to this book about the universe. Find out more at E.com That's me.
0: <laughs> I love that. That is that is very deep. You know, it's like how far yeah. can you push this, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not meant, meant to be taken seriously, like, you know, but yeah, the, like I found myself quite liking the character, which is I shouldn't. And so in my <laughs> in in like the the conclusion I sort of go like, no, the you know this is this was is a you know satire in, in the sense of like, you know, the the way nineteen eighty four is a satire. You know, it's you know not meant to be you know, this is the goal or the ideal, it's meant to be like this is a warning of of sort of how it could be. You know, and, and that, that just shows good writing you know like, like when,
0: when you're watching a movie and you actually yeah. like the bad guy you know you're like you're yeah. supposed to like
1: him yeah yeah when would when they actually get it get it right yeah so like yeah you know, well when we choose the main character so usually the main character is the, the good guy and so we are we do kind of yeah sympathize I love
0: at that. times you know it, it kind of reminds me of like breaking bad i don't know if you've ever seen that show yeah
1: Oh, I love that show, yeah. And, well, um, I mean, you're you're in Arizona or something, aren't you? So, uh-huh. yep, yeah. yeah. I that show. I've seen
0: all <laughs> yeah. the seasons twice, yeah. But, um, so the writer Vince Gilligan, uh, he he said that he hates that people love Walter White, the main guy, right? Yeah, because he became the bad guy. He he was yeah. he, he was an asshole. He didn't care about nobody but himself. <laughs> well, people love yeah. him. And he's like, that's not what I wanted. I wanted people to hate him. <laughs> yeah, he was the one who knocks. I mean, he's the bad guy. But <laughs> yep. well, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, how you were telling me about your book. You know, yeah. she's an assassin yeah. killing people, you know, but you love her, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I did love that series. That was yeah, brilliant. Like, I wonder... I, you know, and then it sucks because
0: after that series... Like nothing tops it. Like I got desensitized, you know. Like I, it nothing hits that bar, you know.
1: Yeah, because and that was that was the really brilliant thing about you know Breaking Bad was like each season was better than the previous one. Uh, yes. It didn't overstay its welcome, and it just kept blowing you away with just how good it was and how well written it was. Uh, yeah, and I love how there was like and how well they sort of yeah tied little bits together but you know the the foreshadowing and stuff in it was just incredible
0: yeah and then
1: the character development like i was yeah. crazy yeah and that the, that was the, the beauty of it it was you know a, a character led but also with plot like you compare that to say like a, a madman which was also like but that madman was just purely character there really wasn't much plot as such like's going around it it was just like who are these sort of people whereas breaking bad had who are these people let's really explore them but also really awesome plotting um and a great story like yeah it was uh, yeah i really love breaking bad it's one of my favorite shows
0: very well yeah same here like <laughs> i always tell people about it and there's two kind of people the kind of people who haven't seen it and the kind of people are like yes i love that show
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and um so tell me about, tell me more about your books. Um, What, so these ideas just come to you or like, because I know like there's different genres in a.
1: Yeah. So I write like, so I've written my, my short story collections tend to be like the colors of death ones the detective fiction, you know, effectively. I suppose a comparison would be Sherlock Holmes, although it's, obviously set in modern times and everything else but it's that kind of you know short story there's a mystery it's got to be solved you've got to figure out who did it um uh, let's think uh my novels tend to be sort of more uh exploration sort of of, of ideas so that's where uh, like Sovereign assassins, assassin sort of like well what if there was someone like that how far could could it go and you know what sort of uh what sort of philosophy would be would they have to have and what would we want them to have if we, you know, yeah. And there's all sorts of stuff around that. But then my, one of the, it's actually the second novel I published, but it was sort of the first real book I published because I had a one that I badly self-published, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, that, that I made every mistake doing. Um, and that was just, you just like a suit... Yeah, that was just a series of conversations sort of between people it was just and they were each chapter was like an exploration of an idea but then i wrote a novel which wound up yeah getting getting published and that was called insight insight and so that's a it is on the surface a detective story people are dying their brains are melting and the detective needs to figure out what's going on to cause that but then along the way he discovers that there's uh and it, the people who are. Dying are linked by a mysterious tattoo uh, and become associated with an intelligence raising program. Uh, so he then gets a hold of this intelligence raising program and has to sort of figure out uh or work his way through it in order to get closer to the solution of the case. And so as he goes through this program, he finds himself becoming smarter uh, and being able to sort of pick up on more things. And when like there was when I was writing it there weren't there wasn't really sort of thing around it but then um now I can't think of the name of the series but the, or it became a tv series but then there was a, a show but similar concepts like I don't like where there's a cheating thing where someone basically takes a pill and it unlocks their intelligence that's no that's not good um so what I did was read a whole heap around learning theory uh and you know memory techniques and stuff and wound up creating my own intelligence raising program which the reader of that book gets to experience themselves wow so it's not it's not just you know this guy's taking a magic pill the reader actually gets to go on a journey too um and hopefully it's and that's been really cool in in some of the the comments was like you know, or the from the reviews you know people saying like i actually felt smarter after reading it um and that's the thing wow. so that's yeah it's just a yeah it's 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 it was really unique but that would then also became like the, the you know we're talking about character development so he starts off as a country boy sort of a fish out of water in who's moved into the town and everything's a bit overwhelming for him um because the the pace and the change but then as he goes through this program he he becomes able to cope in that environment um and but also becomes yeah a more confident person and it, yeah then at the end uh yeah it has completes it and then has to yeah so it was yeah really fun to sort of go what well, how could I link ideas and how could I build it into a program uh oh, so that's just the way it's just the way my, my work so I've, I've got a short story I haven't published yet but will hopefully come out in um an anthology on nearly finished where I was teaching because I'm a high school teacher teaching psychology uh, and teaching general science and I had I was teaching you know one subject about misappropriate uh, misattribution of emotion another subject about like the effects of like hand holding on something the the effects of this uh, attachment theory and I sort sort of went Actually, if I start linking these, I'm actually building a program for how to make someone fall in love with you. Oh, wow! <laughs> and so, and then I started, uh, and so effectively, I had like you know three or four steps there. Bit of extra research. Suddenly, I've now got a ten-step program to make someone fall in love with you, like just based on on real research, like real studies that actually show effects. Um, and you know, none of it works with unless there's some initial attraction. Like, so it's not going to. It's not artificial as such. It's not forced, Um, but it's something that about creating the right environment to enable it to occur. And, yeah, so, like, you know, I've got that story, and it's like, oh, that's really cool, but I haven't published that one yet.
0: Wow. It's just
1: linking linking ideas.
0: You know, that's amazing. So, you know, of course, there's that spark, the general attraction. Yeah. But this will help, you know, increase that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, simple things like, you know, Holding hands releases oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, uh, or promotes bonding behaviors. Um, and so like getting that sort of and it needs to be skin to skin. Um, yeah, and that sort of can really help promote bonding early in a relationship. Um, and yeah, the the, the research around that was really cool. Like, so a guy named Cohen did a hand holding study where um he had like a women were were given electric shocks, I think it was, mild electric shocks, just well, but they thought they signed consent um but they they tested I think it was I think it was electric shocks um uh, but then they measured their response and what they actually found was uh, when their partner their husband was holding their hand like the perception of pain and everything was greatly reduced um, and part of it was due to uh, the oxytocin and things that was released but what they also found was that when like when it was their loving husband, it had a really big impact when it was a stranger there was a small impact but not not zero versus no hand holding um what they eventually concluded was that this test could actually measure the strength of your relationship (laughs) (laughs) because of how big the response was where how much comfort you were actually getting from having your hand held by your significant other that's Uh, crazy so it's like a gauge yeah. yeah yeah And so that's they're the sort of studies that I sort of go, that's really interesting. I'm going to use that in a story somewhere. way. Um, yeah. Wow. I love that um, your writing is uh, very engaging, you know. From yeah. Just... Well, I'm, I say I, my day job is is being a, a teacher. And so I, I can't help but, you know, I want to share my passion, you know. And so that that's sort of what got me into teaching as well as wanting to sort of help people. Um, and so the sharing I like sharing ideas and so I like how I do that is through writing them into a story yeah yeah I love that you know even the, the
0: detective novels you know like it gets your yeah. brain working you know who did it <laughs> yeah plot twist yeah. you know and you know it keeps you thinking right you're constantly trying to figure out who did it right yes and then you know uh, you know, other ones you see the character development and you get smarter as you're reading it, you know. <laughs> yep. Or, you know, you could make somebody fall in love with you, you know. And I'm just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. That's very engaging and um very interesting and unique. Yes, yeah, yeah. I've got I've definitely got a, a my own style. Yeah. I love it,
1: man. And where can people find your books and your work? Well, they can find my books at any good bookshop, of course. Uh, so they can—they can, could can be ordered in, um, you know. But certainly, the the main retailers, Amazon, Barnes Noble, uh, the like, all have that. All the online retailers, um, yeah. So they—they're available anywhere. Just yeah, the um, the, yeah, if you just yeah, Google Robert New, I come up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Keep an eye out for that new dojo opening back up soon. Hopefully, right?
1: Uh, well, I've got to I've got to complete the PhD first, so that's probably, uh, you know, another year or two, and then, but then, yeah, maybe. Who knows? You're kicking ass, man.
0: I love it. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show, man. That's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yep, and thank you, and um, yeah, you have a good one. You too. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash Screaming Chewy, gmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right, at tspring.com. Just Google Teespring, T-E-E-Spring, Screaming Chewy Show, just go with that, it'll take you right there. And, uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And, uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screamy Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, check out my YouTube for video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace